very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Growing Dentist podcast series. Today, I'm really excited to have with me Laura Hatch. Laura is the founder of Front Office Rocks. She specializes in helping those phone calls you are getting turn into new patients. And she also helps you with other front office issues in terms of opportunities, depending on how you look at it. So you're maximizing your profits and your revenues. So Laura, welcome today. Welcome to Growing Dentist. Thank you. I'm very excited. I I appreciate the, the time to talk with you. Thank you, Laura. So just to give our uh, audience a little bit uh, background on you, can you tell us your story as to how you got into this? Yes. Um, so it's not like when I was a kid, I, I thought about when I grow up, I want to be a dental office manager. Um, like most of us, we've kind of get fallen into the positions we're in. So I'm actually an office manager in San Diego, California. My husband is a dentist. He graduated from University of Maryland Dental School in 1999. He went as an associate a couple places around Baltimore in 2003. He decided he wanted to um, open his own practice. I have a background in human resources, sales, management. So he came to me and asked me to be his office manager. So that's kind of how I got into dentistry back in 2003. Um, At the time, I knew nothing about teeth. I didn't know teeth had numbers or surfaces. I didn't know dental codes. Um, There was no place to really go learn about this. So, you know, I read all the magazines and de- or the articles in dental economics. I saw one of the, the people you've interviewed in the past, Linda Miles, and thought, I want to be like her one day, but really just kind of had to, to figure it out. Um, and so we grew our practice in Baltimore from 2003 to 2007. We were, uh, we were in network and eventually got out of all the insurances. We were fee for service. And in 2007, we decided to move to San Diego, California. So we sold our practice in Maryland moved to San Diego, California, uh, didn't realize that 2007, you know, the economy, well, we knew the economy was, wasn't great, but the economy wasn't great. We're in Southern California. There's a lot of competition. Got here and decided, okay, now what are we going to do? So my husband and I decided to open a second scratch practice. So we opened a second scratch practice in 2008 in uh, San Diego. We've now grown to, we have three dentists and I have 15 days of hygiene. I have three hygienists. Um, fee-for-service practice. We average about 50 to 60 new patients a month. And I've been running the office since we got here. And a few years ago, I decided to start Front Office Rocks as that training resource for dental teams. So I started a website that offers front office training for all the things that we have to handle at the front desk, from that new patient phone call to offering the patient appointment, getting them to pay, filling a productive schedule. So that's kind of how I evolved in dentistry. I still run our dental office every week. I'm in there one to two days a week running the office and I have front office rocks now, which is a resource for other offices to use. That's an inspiring story. So you start with, um, you know, you didn't plan on becoming, you know, an office manager. And uh, so you start, you know, learning management, learning HR, learning, you know, uh, business, and then you get into dentistry and then you did it for yourself and you grew this Massive mm-hmm. business, right? From nothing yeah. to three dentists and 15 hygiene days. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, thank you. And, you know, and that's kind of one of the issues we're up against in the dental office, in the dental field, because, you know, I was married to my husband all through dental school, and they don't teach, the, they don't teach enough business, or back then they didn't teach any business. So they never taught my husband how to hire, how to fire, how to manage, how to 
sell, how to market. They just taught him how to be a good dentist and sent him off in the world. And thank goodness, because, you know, we've got phenomenal dentists in here. But then also for the front office team and the office managers and all of us up front, I mean, we didn't go to a, a dental, you know, front office school. A lot of us became these roles either because we're married to the dentist or because we were a good dental assistant with a personality and they put us up front or we just sort of evolved. So we have a an industry built of people who really want to help our patients. We, we're clinicians, we work on teeth, but we really need to get that business side down. We really need to, to get the knowledge and training we need from all the other aspects because that's really how we're going to help more patients is if we understand how to handle the phones, offer appointments, get patients to pay so that we can grow our dental offices. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's like the glue, right? It's the, the stuff in between that makes the difference. You could be a great dentist, but if nobody's showing up or nobody's booking appointments, nobody's accepting treatment, it really yeah. doesn't matter how great you are. Yeah, I've met a lot of dentists who've done some amazing, you know, postgraduate, you know, training. They've gone to, you know, a lot of these great, amazing, um, you know, courses and seminars offered around the country. But when they come back, they don't really know how to, you know, they can do a $50,000 case, but they don't know how to sell it. Or their front office team, you know, they buy the, we have a CEREC and we love CEREC and they buy a CEREC, but then the, we don't know how to implement it into the practice. We don't know how to sell it. We don't know how to talk to patients about crowns and onlays. So that's the part that I really love and focus on is how can we help our offices with all of the other stuff to get our dentists doing more dentistry, <laughs> you know, keep them busy in the back because that's what, what, that's what they love and that's what they want to do. Right. Let me jump right into the deep end. Uh, given that you have real-world experience, you're not just teaching people, you're actually doing it with your own practice. So describe to me when you first got into this, like what does a bad phone call look like? Mm -hmm. I'm just listening in. Yeah, well, I can tell you, and this is not that it's bad. Um, it's more of the fact that we as dental professionals have, and not you know for many reasons, but we have gotten very insurance driven. So we have gotten very focused on insurance because, you know, we've been beat up and, and insurance companies coming back saying, you know, you overcharged or you did dentistry that wasn't needed, patients get upset. So we have gotten very insurance driven. And so when I say that, I'm thinking about all aspects of what we do in the practice and I can give a lot of examples, but one is when we answer the phones, you know, patients are calling in and they're asking, do you take my insurance or do you have Saturday hours or whatever? And a bad phone call that I feel is if we let the insurance dictate the phone call. If we just go into insurance discussion without actually getting to know the person on the other end of the phone, because really it's a person we're dealing with and they have dental needs and, and health needs. And the insurance is a subset of that. Of course, we need to know their insurance, but we shouldn't let that dictate the phone call. So I would say a, a bad phone call would be one that's all about insurance. Now, some people would say that might be just because the patients bring it up, but honestly, it's not just the patients that bring it up. We tend to bring it up. You know, what happens in, in a lot of offices is when somebody answers the phone, the new patient call, what they'll say typically is, what's your name? How did you hear about us? And then the third question out of our, our employees' mouths are usually, do you have dental insurance or what insurance do you have? So I consider that not great because what we're doing is we're putting insurance above everything else. We're besides their name and how they heard about us. You know, we're, we're putting insurance as, as important to our practice and we're setting up that relationship with our patients 
that insurance matters. And so when we get frustrated when the patient waves their insurance book at us during the you know, treatment plan presentation, like, you know, I only want to do what my insurance covers, it's kind of understandable in a way because we started the relationship with that patient discussing insurance first. So it's my philosophy to, not that we can't talk about insurance, but I think we need to put the patient first. We need to find out why are they calling? How did they hear about us? You know, are they new to the area? Did they, does their kid, do their kids go to school with our doctor's kids or, or whatever? We really want to set ourselves apart and remember that that person on the other end of the phone isn't an insurance company. They're a person. And if we treat them like a person, we're going to set that relationship up with them to, to, at a higher level that we're going to really be able to take care of them because that first impression really matters. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You're talking about mindsets, right? So if if most human beings want to do what's best for their families, right? That's why they go yep. to these organic restaurants, you know, organic, uh, you know, they buy organic apple, organic vegetables or whatever, right? Because, right. you know, if they have a choice between, you know, giving my kids healthy food and not healthy food, every mom is going to pick healthy. I can't think of a single mom that's going to say, well, tell me, I'll buy what my insurance covers. So I'll buy right. You know, of course, if if they can't afford it, they'll still sacrifice for themselves. But for their kids or their you know loved ones, they're going to do the best they can when it comes to healthy. And and there are lots of people who shop at you know places where yes, they could get the cheapest you know potato or whatever the vegetable is, but they don't. They get the healthy right. stuff, right? So how come in this we are letting them say, oh, you know, I don't care what's healthy, what's important, what's good for me, what's you know best for me. Just let me do what the cheapest option. So I think what you're saying is, correct me if I'm wrong, some of that is we kind of, because we have been beaten up so much, we go in with that mindset that everybody wants insurance and that's all they're going to do. And right from yep. the start, we are setting it up in their own mind and our mind that it's it's like a mindset. So it's an insurance mindset as opposed to what you use the word patient-first mindset. So yep. you're saying... Yeah, I- Okay. You're saying we should have that patient-first mindset right from the start, not the insurance-first mindset. Yep, and I know that there's a lot of people who will be listening to this who say, well, we need to know their insurance and we need to talk to them about insurance because that is part of, you know, the, 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 the part of the relationship we have with the patient. But what I like to say is there's a difference between being insurance-driven and insurance-savvy. So we need right. to know the ins and outs of their insurance and, you know, are we in network or not or do they downgrade and all that. But we, when you're insurance driven, you're putting insurance first. It's almost like our patients are coming in with a sticky note on their head that says, I'm Blue Cross Blue Shield or I'm MetLife, right? Um, right. And, and what I, I challenge doctors and because I hear doctors say, well, I'm not, we're not insurance driven. If you hear, you know, the first post, uh, patient, new patient phone call, if you hear one of the first questions being, what is your insurance? Your practice has become insurance driven. If you hear yourself saying, oh, great, we have a new patient today. What insurance do they have? That that really shouldn't matter. I mean, we if somebody has one insurance versus another, it really we should treat every patient the same. If you hear yourself saying, you know, I need to put together a treatment plan, how much do they have remaining in insurance? This is all of the things that we've sort of set up in our industry that really needs to change because patients will pay, not all patients, but there is a good number of patients who will do, like you said, what's best for their family, what's best for themselves, and they're not going to just be dictated by insurance. But when they call our office, they don't know what else to ask. I mean, our patients only know their insurance book and their pocketbook. That's, that's all they know. They don't know. They, don't, they didn't go to dental school. They didn't learn what we know, you know. Um, 
if we're, they know insurance book and pocketbook. So when they call and say, do you take my insurance? That's just because that's all they know how to ask. But it's our job to to take control of that call and, and, and find out more about the patient and treat them like a person. And of course, handle insurance questions, but I'm just saying, let's not put it first. Let's put the patient first. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. It makes a ton of sense. Um, maybe now I was going to say, go for you, because I know you like to get dig deep, okay? So I know right. if there's people listening to this, they're going to say, okay, Laura, but people call and say, do you take my insurance? So how do you handle that call, right? Because right. That's, the, that's the number one question. So when they call, like my office, we're fee-for-service, so we're not in network for their insurance. If you call my office and you say, do you take my insurance? And I say, no, but, you know, we'll, we'll submit your benefits for you. Or no, but when I say no, that person on the other end of the call, what do they want to do? They want to hang up, right? They, right. They're used, they want to hear yes. They, they think they should hear yes. So if I say no, Everything I've said after no is just, it's like the, what is it, the peanuts teacher, that want, want, want noise. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. So what I need to do is I need to, when, when a patient calls in and asks the question, I need to start with a yes or something positive. So do you take my insurance? Yes, we work with your insurance. Or yes, we have a lot of patients with that insurance. Or yes, or, or you know, I yes, that is a great question and I want to go over that with you. Let me ask you a few questions and I'll answer it for you. The idea is if you say yes or something positive, the, that gives you the ability to now take control of the call, to now ask the person, who are you and why are you calling and what's going on in your life? And, and really, you know, find out about the person. You're going to have a better chance of converting that patient to a new patient if you've built that rapport with them and then handled the insurance question versus handling the insurance question first. Because as soon as you say no, the patient wants to hang up. And, and really, they shouldn't be picking our offices based on insurance alone. They should be picking our offices on how good our office is and how great our dentists are, but they don't know that, right? They only know their insurance. So we have to be, we have to look out for them, right? And, and be better for them by knowing how to handle that question. Right. So you're saying a lot of patients, I mean, you have to provide leadership to patients because, you know, they, they don't spend their whole day and time thinking about dentistry they have other things to worry about so you yep. when they make that call you take control and the way you do that correct me if i'm wrong is by saying yes saying you know again you're not lying to them you're just affirming their question or affirming their concern and then you are yep. responding to it but by taking control first is that yeah because honestly they should be calling our office saying you know how much ce has your dentist done this year are there any lawsuits against your dentist you know how much where did they graduate in their class? But they don't they don't know to ask no. those questions. Exactly. Right? right. So we need to we need to take take now and, and again I'm not saying we don't handle the insurance question. I'm just saying let's do it after we've gotten to know the patient. And so once you get them talking to you, you'll find out that a lot of times that's all they knew to ask. They just are looking for a good dentist. They'll be willing to come to your office, but we really have to get our patients talking to us and not just let them run control of the call with that one question. Right. And you kind of said something interesting I picked up on early on. You said people who get into the, uh, healthcare want to help people, yep. right? And then you yep. also said, you know, uh, they get beaten up by, you know, all yep. insurance and so forth, and they kind of almost expect to get beaten up before even, yep. you know, uh, things start happening. So how do you help a team, a front office team, who, 
even though they have good intentions and they want to help people who are kind of, I don't want to use the word cynical, but who are kind of resigned to the fact that this is the way the world is and we yep. cannot take control and we cannot, you know, really do our best work and, you know. Well, I, I think that for for my office, at least what I do and the reason I started Front Office Rocks is because we need to keep reminding ourselves why we're in this industry because we do deal with lots of cancellations and no-shows and people calling and upset about their bill and insurance companies saying we're over-diagnosing or whatever. We deal with that stuff every day. And over time, that wears you down. You know, over time, you're like, you know what, it's just better to just, let's just do the one crown because that's all the insurance is going to diagnose or, or approve, even though the patient needs two or three crowns. So much like if you've ever experienced going to like CE, like I just came back from the Hinman meeting in, in Atlanta, and I'm all pumped up, right? I just saw the best speakers, and I've heard like new ways to do things, and I'm all energized, and I'm going to go in the office tomorrow. And things are going to be great again because I remembered why I'm doing what I'm doing. But over the next week, over the next two weeks, over the next month, I'm going to get beat up a little bit again. I'm going to have a patient upset with me about something, and then it's going to kind of wear me down again. So one of the things that I recommend is that we do continual training with our offices, continual, um, much like dentists have to go get CE every year, I believe everybody should have continual reinforcement and training. So with like with my website, what I do is the idea behind it is just to remind our staff why that new patient phone call is important, why not bringing up insurance right away is important, why we're in this, what we do. We, we tend to get a little lax, a little, you know, we take the easier way, um, we get a little beat up. And over time, then we're not, we're not, I mean, think about when you first open a dental office, you're excited and energized and we're going to rid the world of you know cavities and gum disease and now you wake up on monday morning and you're like oh i have to go to work right um that that has nothing to do with dentistry honestly it has nothing to do with the the, what we provide our patients it has to do with all the rest of us and so having a way to keep your team whether it's reading articles or watching a, a or listening to a podcast like this you know have your team listen to this podcast and remind them why we do what we do and yes we're going to be up against barriers but everybody's up against them in whatever industry we're in ours is just having to do with this and let's get everybody pumped back up again on a regular basis so we can continue to 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 win the battle that we're up against which is really taking care of our patients right so in other words remind them of their purpose why they went to school in the first place why they get into this in the first place and then yeah anytime you have that challenge instead of reframing it oh this is the way the world is or insurance is how things are to say no not really you know everybody wants to take care of their health you can't find a single human being that says you know oh i want to ruin my health right even the ones who actually do end up ruining their health nobody's doing it on purpose they're doing it because they don't know better right it just unfortunately so and again, this is, is, oh, go ahead. What you're saying is they go in with the right mindset and the purpose, but later on, because of the realities of the world, they kind of give up or, and, and it's your job as a leader, you know, to reinforce that, you know. Yep. And I think that, and that's another thing too, where you, leaders have to, a lot of dentists will, um, you got into this to help patients and then you go and you get more clinical training and clinical training and clinical, which is great, right? But you right. also need to invest in yourself and your team on other aspects. It's not just about offering more services or doing better dentistry, which is very important, but it's also about um, reinvesting in your practice, you know, making sure that you're keeping your purpose in line, Um, you know, communicating with your team. A lot of doctors don't sit down with their team and and reinforce 
why do we do this? What are we here for? And this is where I want to go with the practice and get the team on board. Because as a dentist, if you, if you really show your team what you want to do and why you're doing what you're doing, you will find that they're going to support you. If they're good employees, they're going to back you. But a lot of times we don't have those conversations. And so then it just kind of becomes rote and we sort of get beaten down when really we need to always be, you know, putting each other, building each other back up. Right. Can you pass a great call in your mind? Like typically how would a great call go? Um, A great call in my mind is one where a patient calls and, uh, okay, so this is my favorite call of all time. Um, It doesn't always happen. Um, But this is, if I were to say, great conversion of somebody at the front desk um, handling the phones is if somebody calls in and says, do you take my HMO? Because the, a lot, my office, if you come to my office, we, we don't take your HMO. You know, like you're not going to get any benefits if you come to my office. So th- what I would love to hear is we have a lot of patients that have HMOs. Let me ask you a few questions and I'll explain. And then let the person talk. Let them tell you why they're calling. They, and what you'll find out a lot of times is they have a toothache. It's been bothering them for a while. They've been to other offices and they, they didn't like it or they couldn't get in. They're booked out for weeks, um, you know, whatever. And they're really looking really honestly for a dentist who's going to take care of them. But they're driven by that HMO because that's all they know. And if you can take that person. Now, we don't always convert patients that are HMOs, but if you can potentially convert them because what has happened in our practice, we offer a new patient special and some of our HMO patients have taken the new patient special because they wanted to find a good dentist and then they have dropped their HMO and they're now on our in-office membership program. So we now took somebody who really did care about their health and really wanted good dental care, but was so mm, uh, restricted by their HMOs, and we gave them another way to take care of their of their dental care because they really cared. So for me, that would be one where we we kind of beat the insurance, I guess, in a way. Now, is everybody going to do that? Not up, you know, for sure not, because some people have to go to their HMOs and, and they're not going to go out, you know, on their own. But to really understand, as the person answering the phones, that you're there to care about that person on the other end of the phone. You need to hear that what their story is what they're looking for, what they need. And, and, and if you believe in your office and you believe you're there to help, you know, if you've got that why, and that, you hear this all the time, but if you understand the why behind why they're calling and what they're asking, and you really care, you know, giving it your best effort to convert that patient is all any doctor is going to ask for. You know, um, what happens is we tend to just answer the questions, we're busy, we're, you know, patients are standing in front of us and we hang up and we forgot that that person on the other end of the phone was a person looking for help. And right. so for me, the, the best call ever is somebody who can answer that phone and really find out why this person's calling and see if we can help them. Maybe we're not the dentist for everyone. That's okay. But if you give it a shot, that's all I'm asking for. You know, really just care about that person and see what, if you can help them. And even if they don't schedule with you, get their name and number call them a day or two later and make sure they got scheduled somewhere because that is just good customer service. You know, you want to care about that person who's calling your office because they don't know how to care for their dental health. That's our job. Right. So you mentioned a couple of interesting points. Like the first thing you said is, um, I mean, this is a principle that Robert Cialdini in the book Influence talks about, which is consistency. You don't want to 
argue with them about HMO. So you agree with them and say, I acknowledge them and say, yes, we have patients who, who have HMOs, right? And then you, mm-hmm. uh, so you, you don't find arguing with them and telling why HMO sucks and all that stuff. No, that's exactly. not why they call you, right? They call yep. you to get help, right? HMO happens to be one of the, you know, things that in their mind is the only thing that matters, but it's your role to kind of flip their thinking. But, but instead of fighting with them, you just, I mean, I think, uh, there's a great book I read, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by, you know, Bill Carnegie, and he talks about it, right? Don't have an argument. Don't have, yep. you know. So that's interesting. And the next thing you mentioned um, that I found fascinating is, um, you know, that that really, really focus on helping the person because they don't know what they don't know, and your role is to help them. Now, is there any tips you would give when you're working with uh, person like this or to the doctor as to because I know it's change doesn't come easily so how would you go about taking an average practice with average results or maybe below average results and how do you go about is it just memorizing those words or is it just how do you go about shifting them well I'm not I'm not about scripts or memorizing words right so because right. I just feel scripts don't work um, you know when you're calling a place and they're reading a script and it messes your team up if the, the patient doesn't answer the way they're supposed to off the list then you're like what do we say next so I'm very big on understanding the why so for an office to grow what I would suggest and what I focus on is okay well all of these things that we do in the office, whether it's you know um, confirming appointments, whether it's asking for payment, whether it's getting the patient to accept their treatment, what's the bigger purpose? What's the why behind it? Because a lot of times we tend to do tasks, we tend to do duties or 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 day-to-day things, but if we're doing them without the bigger picture behind them, without the why, you don't get the same results. So, for example, when I'm calling to confirm patients, as an example. What's the purpose behind doing that? It's not just because my doctor told me that's my job and I have to confirm patients. My why behind that, my purpose, is to get that patient to arrive so I can keep them stable and healthy and keep their teeth for life. That's my purpose. So when, when I'm talking to new patients or when we're doing a case presentation, whatever it is, if, if you and your team have had the discussion and the training to understand the why behind what we're doing, you're, they're going to be much better at the results because they understand their purpose. But what goes on right now in less than average offices or, or average offices is we're just doing our jobs. We're just right. doing the tasks. And, you know, we're lucky enough to be in an industry. We're a healthcare industry. I mean, we help our patients live longer and live a better life. If I was selling purses, I probably would be having a very different discussion with you. But we are selling something that people need, you know, and, and we have to understand people don't want it. <laughs> you know, it'd be weird for a patient to be excited about a root canal, but that's why our, our mission and our purpose has to be so much stronger because we do have to help our patients and everything we do along the way, the whole purpose behind it is to help our patients, you know, get better or be healthy, help our practice grow, help more patients. So that would be my first thing is to really kind of step back, step above the practice and go, all right, are we just doing jobs and tasks or are we really in line with what our purpose is? And if you're not in line with what your purpose is, if you're focusing on insurance first, if you're only doing one tooth because that's all the insurance covers when, you know, the patient really needs three, you probably have gotten out of 
you know, not quite in line with how you, why you started dentistry, you know, why you started your own practice. And it's a good place to start is right there. You know, why are we doing what we're doing and everything along the way? What's the why behind it to help our patients and grow our practice? Right. So you have the overall why behind why you do what you're doing, but then I guess it's, there's a specific why for each, you know, action like phone calls, you know, everything. Your patients, right? So can you kind of walk me through like um, you, I, I'm hiring you. You're coming into my dental practice, and I know you do this remotely through your training program. But let's say I paid you and you're at my office, right? Um, how would you go about kind of changing my mind as a dentist and those are my teams, and how do you, I'm just at a high level, how do you go about, uh, you know, reframing everything for my practice? Well, we just, I mean, you know, like you said, I don't go in office, but I, I do this within my own, my own office. So we have a meeting once a year where we start at the high level, where I have my doctors, I have three doctors, and my team talk about their purpose. And so the doctors read what their purpose is. You know, they write it down and we share. And then everyone on the team, from their perspective, shares their purpose and we make sure we're all in line you know from the as a hygienist the front office receptionist the scheduler you know what's their purpose and are we all going towards the same direction because when you know the team is on in the same direction with you so um i i know you don't go into offices i know you have a training program that people can do online but let's say i convinced you to come to my office and i i i, I ask you you know all right, you've been telling me about, uh, you know, reframing and starting with the why. So how would you go about, you know, helping my people, starting with me, the dentist, really get back to the why? Right. Yes. I. Um, <clears throat> so like you said, I don't go in office, but in, what I do with my team is once a year we have a meeting where we really sit and talk about the bigger purpose of everybody on the team. So the owner doctors talk about their purpose. Why do we have the practice we have? What's our goals for our patients? And then everyone on the team from their perspective talks about what their purpose is, our hygienist, our receptionist, our scheduler, and make sure that we're all in line, that we all have the same goal going to the same direction because it is, it's a lot more fun and it's easier and, it's, and it's, um, if everybody has a, the purpose in the same direction, it's going to have a bigger impact than if everybody's going in different directions. So that's kind of on the high level. That would be the first thing I would do is just to make sure that you've got the right team together and that you've got, everybody's going towards the same purpose. Then what I would do is break down everyone's positions to the duties that they have, you know, case presentation, confirmation, phone calls, um, you know, getting the patients to pre-appoint for their next appointment, all the little things we do and talk about the why, what is the reason we do this? Why do we want our patients to pre-appoint? It's not because we want to keep the schedule full. I mean, yes, it is on a business aspect, but really it's because we want our patients to stay healthy and we want to keep them in every three, four, or six months. Why do we do confirmation calls? It's not because of the phone call because we have nothing better to do. It's because we want our patients to arrive to the appointment so we can keep them healthy. Right. So I would go through every little step. When we answer the phone, one of the things I always talk about when answering the phone is that we always answer the phone with a take a deep breath and smile, right? Even if you're having the worst day ever and there's 42 things going on in front of you, why do we want to take a deep breath and smile when we answer the phone? Well, that is the potential first, you know, impression this person on the phone is going to have of your practice. So we want to make sure that that first impression 
is a lasting, a positive one that's going to impact the rest of your relationship with that patient. So it's taking each one of the little steps that we have along the way and putting it, putting the why behind it that matches the bigger goal of the dentist in the practice. Right. So each, so for example, I mean, you're touching on something, maybe you didn't verbalize it, but that I'm picking up on. Like when I run my business in my early days, I focused on me, 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 what do I want? How much money, what money do I want to make and so forth? And it didn't really go anywhere. And then I focused on, you know, my purpose, which is helping my clients who are dentists and dermatologists grow their business with world-class marketing. I didn't really worry too much about, you know, where my next client is going to come from. I just focused on, you know, keeping my promise to my clients and helping them grow their business. And then my thinking was, if I'm doing that, my success will be a byproduct of my commitment to helping my clients grow, right? Because if my clients are growing, technically speaking, they would tell their friends about, you know, what I have done for them. They would help me because they want me to be in business because they know if I go out of business, it's going to affect their business negatively, right? Yep. So now they're actually working and rooting for your success because I'm rooting for theirs. So you're saying most of us go into dentistry because we want to make a difference in the lives of people. Now, somewhere along the way, life catches up to us or takes us over and we forget the why and we forget why we do what we do. And sometimes we get so caught up in the details, we miss the why, miss the big picture. Yep, Yep, completely. And that's where when, and we haven't talked about it in this interview or we may still, I'm not sure, but when we talk about referrals and reviews, asking patients for referrals and reviews, People are only going to go out and talk about your office if they, if they, if you did, if you earned it, if you were good enough to get it. If you were mediocre and you were fine and you just did the basics and their experience was okay, they're not going to go out of their way to talk about you, much like you were talking about with your clients. But if if their experience was amazing throughout the process, whether it's making the appointments or the case presentation or whatever, when they leave and they go, wow. That was not like any other dental experience I've ever had. They're going to go out and tell other people about you. So in order to grow your practice from the outside, you need to be good on the inside. You need to make sure that everybody is in line to help the patients and and get them, you know, healthy and and take care of what we're here for, which is the patients, not necessarily the insurance program or the insurance plans. Right, right. Absolutely. And um, tell me a little bit about your practice. So, um, your journey, right? So I guess you have already done it once before. So when you came back for a second time, hopefully you have some knowledge and experience of how to build that practice. Um, now, now you don't take any insurance, or how does no. it stand right now? Yeah, no, we're fee for service. Um, yeah, service. and going through it the second time, um, I think my biggest win or my biggest success or my biggest learning thing was um, to hire the right team to have the right team that that does understand the why and that's behind your purpose. Because we, like many practices, we hired a team when we were in our first practice and you hold on to them sometimes a little too long. Um, You don't really get the right person in place and and it really can stunt your growth or slow your growth. So we had much better success the second time because I knew how that can really affect the long term growth of the practice. So I have, not to challenge any dentists in San Diego, but I have the best team in all of San Diego now because I learned those lessons early on, you know, making sure that your team is great team and then trained well. Those are the two things that I think are, are vital to, to grow, you know, to have the success that you need in the, in the office. I'm sure some, some of the dentists who are listening to this are going to be thinking, 
how do I find the right team? What are some of the tips you would give them? Well, my first thought is, and now I have a background in recruiting, so yeah, I'm, I was in human resources and recruiting, so this stuff comes easy to me. My husband looks at me, and it's like, you, if you wanted me to do a crown, I couldn't do that. And with hiring, I know it's not something that, that dentists were trained in. But my first thing is to say not to necessarily feel that you have to hire somebody, at least at the front desk, that has dental experience. Um, I feel that dentists um, think they need to have somebody that has two years of EagleSoft or four years of Dentrix experience, but I didn't know anything about Dentrix and codes and, and teeth. I knew customer service. I knew sales. I knew management. I learned that. And you're at the front desk, we can teach them the dental, but we can't necessarily teach somebody a personality or teach them um, the right ethics or work, you know, the work, how to work hard. So my first thing is not to necessarily feel like you have to hire somebody with dental in the front. My second um, suggestion is when you're looking to advertise to uh, hire somebody, look at your ads and how you put the ads together. Many of our dental, when we're advertising, they're very boring. They're very, you know, front desk, looking for two years dental experience, must be able to work eight to five, blah, 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 blah. Well, when you write an ad that's boring, you're going to attract. I mean, it's an advertisement to attract. You're going to attract that kind of person. Right. Um, so I say write a dynamic um, advertisement, you know, amazing dental team looking to help patients, you know, wanting our next superstar, because what you're trying to do is attract somebody and the person you're attracting may not even be unemployed. They may be working somewhere else and not happy and you're trying to get them to want to work in your practice. Um, my next tip would be then to really pay attention to details, the resumes, that when you talk to them on the phone, um, when they come into an interview, because we tend to wait until we need to get somebody really fast and we take a square peg and put it in a round hole and we don't want to do that. So if the person shows up late to the interview, well, then you wonder when you hire them why they're always late to work. Or um, if you get their voicemail and it's unprofessional, they know they're looking for a job. Their voicemail should be professional. Um, You know, all of those little details that this person is going to represent your office. So take the time to really Find the person that somebody that you go, wow, I would really like to work day to day with this person. I think this person would represent, you know, um, my office great with our patients. Somebody that you that you can see in your office. Don't just try to squeeze somebody in because they have two years of dental experience. Because all you're doing is putting a square peg in a round hole, and you're bringing past experiences from another dental office into yours. And that's really not going to help you grow the team you want. It's really just putting a Band-Aid over something. So the hiring process, I think, is huge, but you need to go at it with the right attitude, you know, with the right advertisement, be patient, wait for the right person, because the right there's a person out there that's going to be great for your practice. Makes, makes, makes ton of sense. What are some of the common issues? I know we didn't touch on a lot of them. We talked about the phone calls. We talked about, you know, we kind of touched on, you know, um, um, reminders and things like that. What are some of the common challenges that you have been able to help dental offices solve uh, outside of the phone call and outside of, uh, you know, let's say reminders? I think the biggest challenge is getting the team to talk and grow. Um, if it's an overall type thing, meaning um, there hasn't been a resource or a way for dentists to um, start communication, start conversations implement changes in the practice when it comes to the front desk team. 
Um, I was just talking to a friend of mine who's a pretty big Theric speaker and trainer, and he's a dentist. And, you know, he said, when we were talking, he said, you know, I give my assistants love and I give my hygienist love. I take them to CE. I take them to courses. They go with me to Theric meetings. He says, but I don't give my front office desk any love. I don't give my front office team any love. So the biggest thing I've gotten um, that I've seen happening in dental offices is, is that dentists and teams are training and having discussions around topics that I feel are vital in the dental office. You know, how do we want to build a productive schedule? How do we want to handle gossip in the office, you know, or not have gossip in the office, which is, you know, I would love to have that happen in every dental office across the United States. Um, how do we want to handle new patient calls? Are we ready to get out of insurance? Um, all of the things that happen at the front that many dentists tend to, um, because they're not trained in that area and because they don't, they, they don't know the front office very well, they tend to just cross their fingers and hope the front office team knows what they're doing. The front office team, you know, is trying to do the best they can, but really sometimes are, they're up against the wall because they don't know how to do any more. And there hasn't been a lot of training with that. And so the biggest challenge I think I'm overcoming is helping doctors and their front office team start to work together to improve, start to find areas that they could get better at, handling insurance questions, scheduling more productively, getting your patients to show up. You know, all of that impacts the practice. It impacts how much dentistry you're doing in the back, but it really takes the leadership of the doctor to help that front office team grow and learn and get better. So that's that's really where I feel like I'm being sort of the, the office manager advocate between the front office team and the doctor to say, we really want to focus. We really need to focus on these issues because these are the issues that can help grow your practice. And if you're stuck, it's not because you don't know how to do a good crown or you're not doing endo fast enough. It's because we don't know how to get the patients in the front door or we don't know how to schedule them appropriately. So that's really what I feel is the, the biggest thing that I'm, I'm doing to help um, dental offices. Right. That's awesome. Um, if I want to find out more about you, like I'm a dentist and I'm interested in learning more, what would you recommend I do? You just go to my website. It's frontofficerocks.com, and it's an online training website. So like you and I just talked about, um, I don't go in office. I'm not a consultant. I have my own office to run. So what I have instead is videos that are online. There's over 180 videos, and there's webinars twice a month. And it's really focused on all the front office stuff that we do, all of the things that we have to handle at the front desk, and it's focused on helping your team your employees get better and, and, and come out of being beat up from insurances and patients so that they can offer the best care possible for your patients. So frontofficerocks.com. Frontofficerocks.com. And it's 180 videos. I can watch any video I want anytime. I don't have to wait. Yep. It's, um, it's a subscription-based website, so it's $149 a month. Right. It's, um, as long as you want, you can cancel at any point. So some people do it for a few months and then cancel and come back a few months later if they get a new employee. Some people, you know, have been clients for years, but it's 149 a month. You can train as many employees as you want. Like I said, there's over 180 videos plus the webinars, which twice a month, you know, I'm getting up to upwards of 100 offices together talking about this last one was about cancellations and no-shows. And before it was about dealing with an upset patient about their balance. So the things that I deal with in my office all the time. <laughs> That's what right. we focus on on the website. You know, the, the 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 details of the little things that we have to deal with all the time in the dental office. 
I commend you for doing this. So do you this do this in addition to running your practice? I do. Yep. I'm I'm do both. So I'm in the office two days a week. Um, and then I'll go in here and there if, if needed for other stuff. And then I'm on the road usually two days a week, um, you know, speaking or, or at events. And then one day a week, I'm trying not to get sick. So I apologize for anyone listening to this, but I didn't do well this time. I'm dealing with a cold, but, but yeah, I do run the office day to day and, and implement everything that I'm talking about in the training in my own office. Right. Yeah, this is excellent. Thank you very much, Laura, for taking the time to talk to me. I think people will learn a lot and I'm sure some of them will, you know, sign up for your program and, you know, want to learn more because it's pretty inexpensive. 149 bucks a month. It's not like, you know, I have to fly somewhere and spend two days and, you know, pay for right. the ticket, right? I can do it from my home. And like you said, it's unlimited, meaning if I have 10 people, all 10 of them can use it, correct? Exactly. Yep. And you can do it as a team. That's one of the things some officers are doing is the doctor and the team will watch a video and then have a discussion around it. So that's where I was saying I'm getting a communication going as a team to start, you know, focusing on and learning and growing certain areas in your practice. Right, right. How how long are these videos typically, each video? They're um, anywhere between 8 to 12 minutes. Um, awesome. And at the end of each video, so they're very bite-sized. And at the end of each video, there's a quiz. So you can take a brand-new employee, for example, and have them go through the videos, take the quizzes. You know, I, I recommend if you've got a new employee, you have them do all the receptionist videos before you ever let them answer your phones. Um, because right. like I said, I don't, I, I don't want somebody answering my phone that, that doesn't know what, how to handle those calls. Um, but yeah, they're all bite-sized. So you can also search for topics on the site. So let's say your, your topic of the week is, I don't know, you're having a big problem with cancellations. You can search on the site and it'll pull out all the videos and articles about cancellations and just watch those topics to help your practice in need of what you need right now. So there's a lot of different ways to use the training. Awesome. Yeah, I might actually sign up just to see, you know, what you have because we talked to lots of doc doctors and I'm sure, you know, knowing a few things would help us also. So that's awesome. Yeah, I have a lot of – it's interesting the different clients that I'm, we're gaining. I think it's, it's, it's been a need for, for dentistry for a while. Um, and I have, you know, a lot of um, – I have companies like yours, you know, learning from it. I have also have a lot of newly graduated dentists who are – signing up and binge watching the videos, meaning watching them so they know what to expect from their front office team. Um, there's, it's just, it's amazing because I think everybody wants to improve in all these areas. But it, like you said, it's too hard sometimes to get a team on the plane to a conference. There's, right. You know, it just, it doesn't work for when you need it. So this is, is the idea behind it is to be a resource for dental teams for when you need it, you know, to have it there at your fingertips any time that you need it to help improve whatever's going on in your practice. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Laura, for taking the time to talk with us today. And uh, once again, everyone, thank you very much for listening to another great episode of Growing Dentist with Laura. To learn more about Laura, you can go to frontofficerocks.com. A great name, by the way. Thank you very much. It was great talking with you today. Thank you.